Hi friends, my name is Andy, my pronouns are he and him, and welcome to the Hope Collective Church Podcast. Here at Hope Collective, our mission is to develop inclusive communities where people discover sacred worth and calling. And our four core values are empathy, inclusion, trust, and humility. In this episode, we're starting our Lenten series called Faith Reflection, where we're asking questions that help our faith grow deeper. In this week's episode, we have Reverend Leroy Chambliss answering the question, what tempts us? So without further ado, here's Leroy. Good morning, church. Um, Welcome to Hope Collective. Uh, First of all, it's an honor and a privilege to uh, stand before you this morning, first Sunday of Lent, to present uh, this Sunday's message. My name is Leroy Chambliss, and my pronouns are he and him. This message is on temptation, and I have some graphical representation. First uh, uh, slide that you'll see represents a snake and an apple, and with a hand extending the apple. Uh, A second slide that uh, I have before you is one that more equally represents uh, the temptation that we reference in the Bible, where we see the hand with the apple in it, the snake in between, and a hand uh, above it. So it takes two to tango. I believe that uh, this temptation happened not only to Eve, but to Adam as well. And and, and this uh, third is sort of like a cartoonish representation that I can even recall as a kid that you would see a a devil-shaped pointed head person on one side of the shoulder speaking into the ear and on the other side, a angelic person speaking into the ear. But I truly think that it's more like this. It shows that the desires of the flesh truly are the root of most of our temptations. (laughs) To be honest, I really don't know what I was thinking about when I looked at John's outline for upcoming sermons that I, in turn, picked temptation. I had to be out of my mind. As I sat down to prepare and started to muse the question, what tempts us, or better yet, what tempts me? As I pondered this question, every temptation wherein I've seemed to fail came to mind. And I stand here to let you know that every one of us have certain sins that are particularly troubling. And I, like every disciple of Jesus Christ, face temptations. Temptations come when we are at our weakest point and seduces us. Uh, be it sexual sins, sins of pride, insecurity, worry, and, and the list goes on. Covetousness, laziness. I mean, I need, I want to stress that there is, though, a noticeable difference between temptation and sin. Temptation can lead to sin. However, my Bible tells me that Jesus never sinned, yet he experienced every temptation that we do. We read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we have, yet he did not sin. I decided to find some prophetic wisdom for my modern day wisdom source for many, and that is the internet. I asked the question, how do I avoid, how do I resist temptation? And so from a source called Core Christianity, I found an article, Seven Ways to Resist Temptation, with the number one being, pray as Jesus taught. Uh, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil, followed by the next one being know yourself, then learn to recognize temptation and take preventative action. Quote scripture to yourself. Rest. 
Remember, there's always an escape. They all sounded good, but I continued my search and found in psychology today, they had a shorter list which I could be drawn toward because four is less than seven. It says, avoid any situation where you know you will confront temptation. Now, that's a no-brainer. Do what you can to reduce the pull of temptation, divert your attention, change the way you think about temptation. And what I found from the world of psychology seemed to indicate that I can control not only temptation, but the circumstances where it might be found. I, I know from experience, though, church, that when I focus on the I, <laughs> I'm destined for failure. So I continued my search and found a Catholic resource that outlined 12 ways to overcome temptation. There are many more resources, but I found in the words written by Horatio R. Palmer as good a guidance as anything I've researched. It says, yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you some other to win. Fight violently onward. Evil passions subdue. Look ever to Jesus. He will carry you through. Of course, ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. Let's take a look at the text assigned for today and how Jesus handled temptation. Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses one through 11. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the high, to the holy city, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him is also written, <laughs> do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I would give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Church, all three Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, seem to stress the immediacy with which temptation followed the baptism of Jesus, a truth of life that after every great moment, there comes a moment of reaction. In the biblical story, it happened to Elijah, the man who stood fiercely against all comers is on the run after provoking the wrath of Jezebel. More closer to home, it might be buyer's remorse as you drive that dream car off the dealership lot. Every time life brings us to the heights of momentary joy, look out, <laughs> the danger of depths of despair linger on the peripheral. 
We must not regard uh, this experience of Jesus as an outward experience. It's a struggle that goes on in the heart, mind, and soul with every human being. We must must not think that in one campaign, Jesus conquered temptation forever and was never tempted again. You see, Jesus uh, was tempted even through his disciples to not follow the way to the cross. Therefore, he spoke to Peter, uh, the words used in the wilderness. Get behind me, Satan, father of temptation and lies. No one in history has had the fight that Jesus had with temptation in the garden of Gethsemane. Vigilance is the price of freedom found in life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we grow weary because we think that we should reach a stage of spiritual maturity or transformation that we are beyond temptation. It didn't happen to Jesus, and it's not going to happen to us. I believe that each of us are created with reason and purpose. Therefore, we are tempted through our gifts, charm. You get away with anything, words that help you justify your own conduct, imagination, particularly you selfishly attempting to become a master, not the servant of humankind. We have to be ever watchful where we are the strongest. Another thing about this text, we don't often think about uh, the source must have been Jesus himself. In the wilderness, he was alone. No one was with him when his struggle played out. And we know about it only because Jesus himself must have told his disciples about it. It's Jesus sharing his spiritual autobiography. He's telling us what he went through, and because of that, he can help us with temptation. Turn stones to bread. That's a temptation for Jesus to use his power selfishly and for his own use. God has given every human being a gift, and and some more than one, and therefore we ask one or two questions. (laughs) How can this benefit me, or how can this gift be used to help others? We are called to a life of giving, not getting. Jesus' response to the temptation, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Partial quote from Deuteronomy 8.3, recalling manna falling from heaven. The only way uh, to true satisfaction is dependence on God. Next, from the pinnacle of the temple (laughs) to use a sensational act to get people to follow him, uh, which is in itself had no future because each following act would have to be more sensational than the previous one. And this is not the way to use power. Jesus responds, do not put the Lord your God to the test. There is no good in seeing how far you can go with God. Nothing good comes from deliberately placing yourself in a dangerous situation, expecting God to rescue you. You see, God expects us to take risks, but not to make ourselves look good. (laughs) Faith that depends on signs and wonders is not faith. It's doubt, looking for proof and looking in the wrong place. God's rescuing power is not something to be played with, church, and and experimented with. It's something to be quietly trusted in the life of every day. The third temptation that Jesus faced was the world that Jesus came to save. He said, worship me and I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. This temptation was about compromise and therefore changed the world by becoming like the world. You see, Jesus responded, worship the Lord and serve only him. 
the title of this week's message. What tempts us? I can nail it to three Ps, power, possessions, and prestige. The psalmist tells us, though, that we need to be still and know God, which in today's world of communication, I have to admit, through the internet, printed matter, TV, radio, music, other people, it becomes the provocator of noise creating confusion and a damper on the voice of God. In an effort to silence that noise and hear the voice of the one who has promised to never leave or forsake us, I personally myself seek discernment in Scripture and through Scripture. I read it, I study it, I meditate on it with the awareness that in the moments of vulnerability, mountaintops experiences of physical weakness, temptations sound reasonable. It appeals to the flesh, offering a quick fix to whatever the problem is, seeks to advocate disobedience to God, gives us a, a shortcut where we overlook the consequences of its offering, and not the least, to force God's plan to be my plan. Verse 2 and 3 of Yield Not to Temptation, verse 2 says, Shun evil companions, bad language, disdain. God's name hold in reverence, nor take it in vain. Be thoughtful and earnest, kind-hearted and true. Look ever to Jesus, he will carry you through. And then, to him that overcometh, God giveth a crown. Through faith we will conquer, through often cast down. He who is our Savior, our strength will renew. Look ever to Jesus, he will carry you through. And then, that refrain, ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. And if you don't like the words uh, coming from Horatio, I invite you to Ephesians 6 chapter verses 10 through 17. And the text says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, it says, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth, buckle around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We have the ability to defeat temptation. Ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that this week's sermon has been a blessing and encouragement to you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Hope Collective Church for weekly online services and other ways to connect with us. 
Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. And again, we want to thank you so much for listening. And remember, above all else, these three important words. You are loved.